Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk the things that are weighing, talk to things, <laughs> talk about the things weighing on our minds. I'm Michael, I'm a chaser, and today I would like to wish you a happy Daddy's Day or a uh, happy Sugar Daddy's Day uh, to our wealthier listeners. Uh, go out there and find your sugar baby. <laughs> oh, it's a lovely thought, Michael. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, my name is Don Marshall. I am a chubby guy living in Hollywood. And uh, I would like to wish our listeners a happy Daddy's Day um, and say that I'm available for sugar of all kinds. <laughs> sugar and water. <laughs> I'm Dan Oliverio. I'm an author and a public speaker and a chubby chaser. And... Um, I just I did, can't even remember that it's Father's Day. There's just so much going on. So that's like, oh right, Father's Day. That we do that every year. Is that right? Okay, good. It's like the Here tenth it is last thing on your mind. It is. It is. It is sorry. Uh, I'm Trevor Keyson. I'm a super chub, and I am celebrating the life of Fat Thursday, uh, comedian of the the golden age of Hollywood. Fat who? Fat Thursday. Fat Thursday is a weird thing from when I was in college. Um, me and one of my friends had complicated relationships with our fathers at the time and i don't know where it came from but we would celebrate the life of fat hers day instead of <laughs> celebrating father's day can i can i join you in celebrating fat hers day i yes. think i'd prefer that awesome <laughs> oh lord so, so how's to our listeners yeah. who haven't figured it out yet our topic today will be father's day don't worry, uh, don't worry. It's not like that. Yeah, no. <laughs> don't know. Keep I mean, listening. Come back. <laughs> uh, or, or fat fathers. Yeah, we're going to be talking yeah, about uh, the portrayal of fathers and f specifically fat fathers in mainstream culture. And daddies. And what they've done. And, and maybe and dad little, bods. And dad bods. And, and maybe dad touch bods. a little bit on some of our own experiences with fathers, our own or <laughs> other people's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, once again, we're wandering into danger territory. Yeah. It's not that we want to have sex with our dads. We want to have sex with your dads. <laughs> again. Thank you for clarifying, Trevor. I'm, I'm glad we could. <laughs> oh, my God. How's everyone doing on this? This What what week are we on? Is this like week This is 12? our 25th show, I think. Or week 13? Oh, that. Of quarantine. It's just question oh. marks at this point. <laughs> Two weeks ago, uh, Michael and I did... Fat oh, Kid yeah. Yoga Club on uh, my birthday morning, which I don't yeah. think we talked about. Did I don't think we did either because the next episode was. Oh, hold on. All right. Back it at it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we just jinxed ourselves. My audio on the computer stopped working. So I'm yeah. now on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We're going to continue to try and solve these problems. Yes. Onward, I say. Onward. Yes. Onward, indeed. Um, so yeah, we were talking about doing a fat kid yoga club, or is it fat dude yoga party? Is oh, that, uh, is fat there like a difference? Dude yoga. It's via <laughs> fat kid yoga club. Uh, Michael and um, I did it. We did the thing. Yeah, we did the thing, and it was it was really it was nice for me. I mean, it's we're on West Coast time, so it's a little earlier um, than I'm used to waking up. Yeah. But it was it was really nice. I was sore afterwards. I, it was a reminder of how little exercise I've gotten uh, during quarantine. Um, but it was really nice to to just be kind of social and meditative and get, get a little bit of exercise in. And yeah, I, I found it very therapeutic. I just Bring, signed up for bringer. their list, so I might give it a try too. Ooh. Oh, good. Yay. Mm. 
But yeah, it was yes. fun to check it out. So, There's more of those. There's also some new, uh, he's doing some new things. So always check out Fat Kid Yoga Club. Yeah. Um, and he's also been extremely supportive. Uh, I think he's been donating the proceeds to some of his um, lessons during the month of June to Black Lives Matter. Um, so there's there's a lot you can support just by participating. Mm-hmm. That's, That's awesome. great. Mm-hmm. Um, so Trevor told me a story yes. this week. Uh, this which... is a, a follow up on the journey of um, <laughs> my mom oh. not listening to the podcast. Um, <laughs> She decided to give it a listen. Um, we were talking the other day and she said, oh, I checked out the podcast. I, I listened to the uh, the Black Lives Matter episode because I thought it would be a good way to you know, get some information and dip her toe into the podcast without like oh, getting... Nice. Uh, without her hearing about fold fucking. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the infamous fold fucking episode. <laughs> which if she decided to, uh, if she's listening now, she's probably tapped out Again, <laughs> but she was describing. So it's safe. <laughs> she was describing to me um, listening, and we got to the point where we we're talking about being fat at a protest, and then the, her listening got interrupted. She got a phone call, but she got stuck on. Dan was describing if you have a larger body, you can kind of use yourself almost as a shield, but also you'd be a larger target. For some reason, she went to this place, uh, you know, so she's describing this and she's like, well, so, you know, I I know I said I wouldn't butt in, but I have (laughs) to say, I think you should start wearing suspenders. (laughs) And my brain just kind of like shattered. And I was like, (laughs) I, I, what? I don't even know what. And she (laughs) said, well, you know, if you were at a protest, someone might try to pull down your pants. But if you're wearing suspenders, they won't be able to pull down your pants. The look on Don's face right now is everything I ever wanted. I, and I was so confused. And oh, why? It makes perfect sense. Well, and then I was like, well, I mean, if I was wearing suspenders, they could just like snap my suspenders. Uh-huh. <laughs> and if I'm wearing suspenders, the pants I have are going to be, you know, bigger and more loose fitting. So it's more likely that they'd be able to like snap my suspenders off. Baby, I just love that you're taking the time to walk through it. That's that's uh, really great. I'm so confused. Why would people at a protest want to pull down anyone's pants? I'm uh, very because apparently look. the biggest danger at a Black Lives Matter protest is being pants like you're in the fourth. Yes, game. not not getting hit by rubber bullets or tear gas. Or Being getting pants. eaten by the police. I mean, Being. the fact that I was pantsed twice while handing out water is purely coincidental. <laughs> <laughs> like, Some might even call it a benefit. One, I just don't. There, so there's something about me where Dan, I, and I was so excited to tell Dan the story because there's a point where I don't even know how we got there. But I was Who describing knows? to Dan, if you could freeze time. Oh yeah. One of the things you could do is freeze time at like the Super Bowl and pull down everyone's pants and then start this time is like a, This is Trevor's wish for if he had a superpower, it would be to stop time so they could pants a a, a, a stadium full of hundred thousand. And it would yeah. be yeah, <laughs> it would be something where it would be so shocking and confusing, but also kind of mundane. <laughs> but so it'd be these two camps of like, oh, that was a weird thing that happened. And then people like going down the rabbit hole of how did all these people get pantsed? basically gaslighting super bowl yes but 
<laughs> so apparently this weird obsession with pantsing yeah. or the fear. The question I have is if you're freezing time to do this, are you also going to take the time to go to everybody's house that's watching it and pants them too? Oh God. Well, no, but, but only the people. people watching though. Yeah. In my marriage to Trevor, I have noticed that pantsing is a recurrent family theme. And I commented on this and is now it? Trevor's begun to take me seriously. <laughs> well, only because <laughs> it was like my brain was pantsed <laughs> when she said this. Um, and I do appreciate oh the concern and the like, I'm imagining she had these vivid images of like me at a protest and like two guys holding my arms and like me fighting. And then like each, like two more guys come up and each gets one of my pants, like, and takes my pants and like, like, no, my pants. <laughs> so, I, I told, full disclosure, I told a friend of mine this because I was, it was just too funny. <laughs> yeah, <I could> do <laughs> and he offered <laughs> a piece of advice, which is that there are, I didn't know this, there are under the clothes suspenders that only go down your back, under your clothes that only hold up the back of your pants. Uh. So you could wear the same pants you have. Uh, under your belly and then have the suspenders under your clothes where they what wouldn't be they easily accessed to it's like a strap it's like a gun holster strap and um <laughs> over your arms and but they instead of a gun it's holding up your butt and people, i had no idea i had no idea that pantsing required so much engineering to counter yes it's this is a serious issue dan have you not been paying attention people, <laughs> people will think you're some kind of super powered human because they'll be trying to pants you what's wrong with this guy i mean i i guess i've been distracted by police brutality and racial inequality i had no idea this issue was going on simultaneously look you got to keep up there's a lot of things wrong in the world um but uh, so after this i I just kind of just don't know how to react to any of this exactly my mom decided that she is not going to listen to the podcast because if this fixation was a thing you know, who knows <laughs> what from just us talking about protests and her getting worried about people pulling down my pants. Uh, That's surprisingly lucid of her considering <laughs> where this all came from. Yeah. <sighs> so, I, I got to say, a lot of people seem to have reached the, the Valentine's Day episode recently. I've gotten a lot of very strange texts and messages <laughs> out of the blue. I think we yeah. should put warning messages on all our shows just to get them listened to more often. Yeah, it's true. It's it's quite a hook to say like, hey, just so you know, you know, shit's going to get sexy in a minute. <laughs> Actually, uh, on the theme, I almost pantsed myself this week. <laughs> on purpose I, or? No, I, I, I was feeling a little large. So I, I pulled out my fat jeans and I kind of realized, oh, I guess I haven't gained as much weight as I thought I had when I got home. I'm carrying groceries up the stairs, so I've got things in both arms. <laughs> I haven't strapped on my mask because I'm just going from the car to the room. So I actually have my mask. I I see a neighbor. I pull up my mask. I've got it over my face while holding groceries in both arms, <laughs> at which points my pants go, now's our chance. And start heading south as I'm going up the stairs. And you have to picture, like, there's a neighbor ahead of me. There's a neighbor down below me. And there are dogs barking at me from two different doorways. And your pants, my pants are slowly <laughs> dropping down. I'm actually starting to walk a little bit like a cowboy, just trying to keep my <laughs> my pants above my knees. Yeah. You you need the suspenders. You need the under the shirt I, suspenders. You know, in my mind, I've seen too many of uh, Looney Tune cartoons, though. So I'm picturing the, the pants actually going down and like bouncing back up 
with a little boing sound. <laughs> you know, guys, we, we spend so much time strapping on our masks and how little time we spend strapping on our pants. <laughs> yeah, think about it. Yeah, the, those thoughts. Just, just don't think too hard about it. Because you'll pants yourself. You'll pants your brain. <laughs> just, wow. <laughs> well, good job, everybody. Yeah. We solved that. <laughs> We've contributed to the world. Um, I just have a note here that says Dan's award show. What is the... Uh, oh, is, are you up for an Oscar? I, yeah, did no. you win an award? <laughs> Not exactly. So, as you might know, the, the, the Tonys and a lot of the Broadway theater scene is closed. Uh, however, Broadway Black is going to present their first annual or inaugural Antonio Awards in celebration oh. of the Black Broadway and Off-Broadway community. And they're going to hmm. uh, broadcast this, I guess, on, on YouTube, uh, June 19th, Juneteenth at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And the event's going to have a pre-show with a virtual red carpet and original musical numbers and star presenters and performers. And... Um, the nominees were selected and voted on by the public in early June, but Broadway Black has said that the Antonios honor the contributors to black theater from actors and to stage and company managers, administrators and costume designers. Everyone in our community deserves to be acknowledged for what we hope to be a funny, authentic, celebratory event that is for us, by us. And some of the presenters include Audra McDonald, who's a, I don't know if you know from Ragtime and Masterclass, she's a six-time Tony Award winner. Uh, of course, we all know- fight now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Titus Burgess from, of course, oh, yeah. uh, everywhere. I love Titus. Uh, Alex Newell, who is from Glee and Zoe's Extraordinary oh. Playlist. And Aisha Jackson, who is uh, on on Broadway as uh, Anna in Disney's Frozen. So awesome. it should be it should be a time. And like I said, you can it's going to be virtual. And it's just a, I thought it was a really great way to celebrate uh, what we've been talking about. I'm just hoping they get more hits than uh, the Trump rally that day. Oof. Oh no, they moved the Trump rally. They did move it. Finally. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they they were like, oh my god, we we were stupid. Okay, we'll move it a day. Idiot. I saw an interview. He was trying to say like, oh no, we're doing it out of respect for the Black history. There. Oh, go fuck yourself. You're uh, gonna have a rally with no black people at it to celebrate Black history. No, no, no. They actually put out a casting call for people of color to show up at the rally. Did they? They did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do why this, am I surprised? They by do that. no. They do this often. They do this anytime. That's Trump why rally. they accuse the Democrats of doing it all the time. Basically, <laughs> whatever they accuse Democrats of, you can usually assume they're doing it, and that's why they think that someone else might be doing it too. It, yeah. They. Um, yeah. Well, we that's why it's so it. believable to them because they do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it's interesting. So Alex New will be presenting, but he also uh, performed with the Boston Gamut's chorus. In fact, it's a, if you check it out, um, he did a few videos. One of which is. Um, I know where I I know where I've been, uh, which was his big you know breakout number on Glee. Does a fantastic version of it with the chorus, um, which segues to my little update as far as like trying to keep my um, activism going. Uh, we recorded a series of interviews with chorus members who are all like protesting and getting involved and staying involved, um, getting their perspectives. And usually I'm the guy behind the camera, kind of making sure the tech works and you know, guiding the process, maybe suggesting questions for the interviewer to ask, but I'm, I'm behind this, behind the camera. And as we were going through, I realized I have an opportunity here to actually contribute my own voice. Hmm. And one of the guys who had been talking was like, when you have, when you are first thinking about something that you might do, your gut is going to say, wait, I don't, do I really need to do this? What if people see me? What if people hear me? 
you get shy or embarrassed or maybe you, you, you quelch it before you even get to the point of doing it. And that was happening like in the moment as I was listening to other people talk, that was happening to me. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? No, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to see, I'm going to do this. Nice. Um, and it was scary. And it's so funny because it's such a safe environment for me. I like, I've known these people for years and years, but to put your voice out there is not easy, but I felt really good about it afterwards. And I think it's actually like a, a good contribution to the video we were doing as well. My point of view was like, I, I don't normally do this. This is new for me, mm. but I'm going to try and do it anyway. That's really great. I, I find myself in the other position, which is I'm often the guy with the mic. And this has been an opportunity for mm. me to say like, you know what? Maybe I should pass the mic. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody else needs, needs, needs the mic a little more than I do. Yeah. Enabling mm. um, and giving other people a platform. Uh, I noticed that there was a, there's a notice that the show Mr. Iglesias is coming back for a second season. And I haven't seen it, but I think Don has. Uh, if you know oh, yeah. Gabriel Iglesias. I did. I love Gabriel Iglesias. I think his stand-up is some of the best out there. I I love the man. If you don't know who that is by the name right off the bat, he's Fluffy. So a lot of you may know him <laughs> as Fluffy. Mm-hmm. Um, Beautiful, but, big, fat, Hispanic guy who does some great humor. It, it just, and he, yeah. The brain just on that guy a, is amazing. I mm-hmm. freaking love his mind. Have we ever talked about that that makeover show, the com- making over comedians? I wish, oh, fuck, I should remember the name of it. Uh, he did where he did that. an episode with Tan from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Yeah, um, where he got a little bit of a makeover. It was sort of a joke makeover, though, and I was a little disappointed. I mean, they it, it was funny. He didn't really love the clothes that he was being put in, so he was making jokes about it, about being uncomfortable. Yeah, but I think they they leaned into that with. It, the, what I my takeaway was like so the guy is doing what he's what he believes is like a legit makeover for like to up the up Gabriel's style mm-hmm. and Gabriel's not really feeling it but then they talk about why and part of why is that he I think it's a it's a relatable issue where he feels more comfortable in clothes that he can swim in a little bit and yeah. not not be as form fitting and I think that I think they leaned into the actual issue as opposed to just skirting around it with jokes. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a joke makeover. I think it, the, the thing of it was that he like, like a lot of people just not comfortable in clothes that in clothes that actually show your body more comfortable in clothes that hide the body. Yeah. When mm-hmm. I watched it, it was definitely uh, not awesome for me because I'm like, okay, they're dealing with a lot of issues I have when I'm dressing myself. I liked it because he was really, um, vocal about like you look sexy right now like you are a a fan you are just glowing and i i love bringing out the sexiness that you already have with these clothes that can accentuate what you look like like he did not shy away from sex appeal yeah Um, and i think that's the opposite of what we get like in someone like tim gunn the fashion expert who is all mm. about, you know, and this is really good because it it conceals, it hides, it doesn't showcase it. You know, it's all about, you know, strategic, don't look at this. And I love that this was, yeah, this is your body and it's beautiful and we're going to show it. That's it. Although I love his stand up and I, I love him in general. Every time I've heard him speak about anything, I think he's amazing. I personally, I found the. Uh, I can't remember the name of the sitcom on Netflix. Mr. Iglesias. Mr. Iglesias. He plays a school teacher, a lot of kids. Um, it seemed kind of family friendly when I watched it, which is fine, but it just felt old fashioned to me. It didn't feel like 
what I saw of it, his humor wasn't coming through. And it very much feels like a 90s sitcom. Really mm. 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really uh, 90s. Which I guess if you like 90s sitcom, this is the show for you. But <laughs> it's, um, yeah, and, and, and the, it very much in the structure and like, oh, that was a joke. You're right. I guess that was funny. And I, I want to support him because he's wonderful. And I love that there's the other thing that's really great about the show is that the idea is that he's going back to his his own high school, like the character's high school, to be a teacher in this uh, low income, low opportunity school district. So most of the cast is people of color. And you know, I love that there's more people of color on television. I just wish mm-hmm. it was a better show for them. Yeah. Um, sure. And there are some people who are going to love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I bet, well, it's got a second season. Somebody loves it. Yeah. I think there's I think there is there is broad appeal. I mean, there's a reason those kinds of sitcoms were popular. So I think it'll be successful. It's not necessarily my thing, but I like you. I really love that he's getting that kind of work and that kind of he like, deserves every success that comes his way. I really like absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. Well, and, and we were just talking about, you know, when you they cop out for studios when they in casting uh, fat people is, well, they're not famous enough. And this is how you get famous. You know, you're on you're on a television show. Mm hmm. So, Trevor, do we have a Lizzo watch today? We always have Lizzo watch. Cue the music! It's Lizzo watch 2020. (laughs) Um, So, not to turn. You could see him tap dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Not to turn uh, Lizzo watch into Lizzo TikTok watch, but there has been some uh, fantastic, lovely stuff coming from Lizzo. Did you get the video of her, like, addressing the haters? Yes. Hey. So I've been working out consistently for the last five years, and it may come as a surprise to some of y'all that I'm not working out to have your ideal body type. I'm working out to have my ideal body type. And you know what type that is? None of your fucking business, because I am beautiful, I am strong, I do my job, and I stay on my job. So next time you want to come to somebody and judge them, whether they drink kale smoothies or eat McDonald's or work out or not work out, how about you look at your own fucking self and worry about your own goddamn body? Because health is not just determined on what you look like on the outside. Health is also what happens on the inside. And a lot of y'all need to do a fucking cleanse for your insides. Namaste. Have a great day. There's also um, kind of on the same track. Um, so once again, I, I am old. I'm 31 years old now. Trevor. Um, Almost a third of a century. Behold the ravages of <laughs> yes. There's a thing on TikTok where it's like side-by-side video. And I think this is like a TikTok family mm. responding to mail. And so it's half the screen is them and it's Lizzo reacting. And it's hate mail basically like, if you don't get your son to exercise and lose weight, he's going to be the next Lizzo. And they're reading oh. it. And then they all just start freaking out. It's like, you're going to be the next Lizzo. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts freaking out. And then he gets up and he's twerking. <laughs> That's a wonderful thing. Um, oh, yes, it's wonderful. That. And she's just loving it. And it is a little, it's beautiful. So she's owning the TikToks. Please. Yes. And then the last is we have another uh, vegan cooking video that is also the mm-hmm. I think the summer jam of 2020 the summer bop yes bop <laughs> is, <laughs> is a bop a thing I don't know I'm 31 years a thing. old yeah it's um, a, well it, it was a thing but it's basically Lizzo rapping while making vegan frank and beans and 
I may be get Frankie bees. Add some grapefruit spritzer, please. Put some mint up from the trees. I may be get Frankie bees. Stir it up in my cup. I may Frankie Frankie bees. I may be get Frankie bees. Look at the smoke. Look at the steam. Look at the salad. Gotta eat them greens. Put on the nuts. What's up? Can't forget that cat. <laughs> I snorted a little when I left. Um, <laughs> it's that kind of thing. You know, the good everybody. thing if we keep putting in Lizzo's audio, mm-hmm. eventually maybe we'll get the attention of her lawyers and then the attention of Lizzo. <laughs> yes, and, then- and she'll hear the show before she shuts us down. Yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. You ready? Let's let's, let's do some dabs. Let's do some. Uh, well, <laughs> well put. I mean, well. <laughs> so we, you know, we were thinking, given the fact that Father's Day is a few short days away, uh, I'll take note. I don't know. Maybe you need to go get a, a coffee mug. Um, I know in my family, growing up, we would like to uh, take ties that my dad left when he moved out. <laughs> and re-gift them to him on Father's Day. <laughs> no. Let's go out on a limb and just call it a little passive aggressive, but that's okay. I mean, I'm surprised <laughs> at that point. I'm surprised you didn't just pants him. <laughs> uh, I feel like we that probably happened at some point. <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> I'm. I was the the pantsing of 1982. <laughs> there, uh, I'll, sh- I'll share my favorite. This says a lot. My favorite memory of my dad is uh, Christmas Eve, uh, or like I think it was Christmas Eve. Um, my parents were—it was my, the first year my parents were divorced. We were spending Christmas with him in a hotel, and he had gotten me this. Um, I wish I could remember the name of it. It was like a joke company, and they did kind of jokey, sciencey books and gifts. And this okay. was Icky Poo, which was—I remember that. Yes, it was a giant version of those sticky hands you get from vending machines. But basically imagine like the thickness of um, like a hot dog. Uh-huh. Like it was really, it was a sturdy giant rubber hand. And okay. the book had different activities you could do with it and including like see <laughs> how much you can stretch it. Uh, so my dad had one end and I had the the little fist and the, the hand. <laughs> and we're stretching and there was it an out. open window. And... <laughs> What do you think little Trevor's going to do when it gets across the room? Ah, <laughs> yes. Do it. Do it. I, do let, it. I let go of the hand and it fl- flew and snapped back and hit him in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and he crumpled to the floor like, oh, <laughs> Merry uh, Christmas. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> See, oh, Trevor. <laughs> The only um, way to make that better is if you had pantsed him afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I think he made it through the pants quite yes, well. Yes. The pants served no protection whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, so that kind of is a good lead into, you know, hijinks, comedy, and fat dads, because my dad was a fat dad. Um, and sitcoms. Like there's the, you know, as we were kind of going into this, we were talking about the trope of fat dads and sitcoms. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of them. I I would go out on a limb and say majority of them. yes. Well, you know, are they? Do they have kids? Like I'm trying to think. Like I'm thinking of some fat dads. Like I think of Jackie Gleason and the Honeymooners, mm-hmm. but he's not a dad. And I'm trying to think of like, just help remind me. Give me a fat dad out there in TV land. Uh, so 
Homer Simpson. I think Homer Simpson, Griffin, Peter Griffin, King of Queens. Okay, uh, Carl, does he have kids? He has kids. Does he have kids? It, that's, that's what I mean. I think, so. I think eventually he has like a, a newborn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't Carl, seen enough of it. Carl Winslow from Family Matters, uh, mm-hmm. the okay. dinosaur dad from Dinosaurs. You know, uh, well, Cam, okay. <laughs> Cam from Modern Family. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, sure, applies. Yep. Um, Phil from Fresh Prince. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we've got a whole list, but. A lot of these are so uh, you John got Fred, Goodman, Fred Flintstone, John Goodman, definitely, yeah, the the icon of Fat Dads. Oh yeah, yeah. Like outside the perfect, the perfect Amer- new American nuclear family stereotype from the 1950s, where the dad tends to be a little bit more like Leave It to Beaver style father, mm-hmm. tall, lean, and absolutely distant, like no personality, just <laughs> a paternal force. Uh, as soon as you start introducing personality to the equation, you start seeing Fat Dad. Everywhere, mm-hmm. like when they're no longer just sort of a cardboard cutout. Well, you could argue that the fat dad is just a different type of cardboard cutout. I was just going to say Bob Pinciotti well, from that '70s show. He's well, about as weird as he get. <laughs> I wonder if it's the shift from dad as moral authority to Matt to dad as comedy figure, and what's what's funnier than a fat man? You know. That's, mm-hmm. Well, I I could understand that argument, but I think for me, uh, Homer Simpson always comes up as sort of the iconic fat dad mm-hmm. stereotype because mm-hmm. he embodies all of the stereotypes you have of the fat dad. Yep. That not too bright. Right. Uh, generally caring, but unable to figure out how to express it mm-hmm. in any way. That's a that's a fat dad stereotype. There's a gruffness usually like Dan Connor. Nobody is going to say he's an abusive father. No. Mm-hmm. But he is a tough father. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not necessarily a big, squishy, lovey-dovey, cuddly kind of dad. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, the fat dad imagery immediately kind of made me think of like the fertility goddess statue. No, oh, I think that I was actually going to make who, the same comparison. Who would be the like? It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> who is the equivalent of the fertility goddess statue? Like. Who is that for Fat Dads? Would we say Jackie Gleason or would you say Homer Simpson? Say, I was going to say John Goodman. Uh, hmm, I don't I don't <laughs> think I agree with any of those. Who would be? See, the- I, I do hold up Jackie Gleason as a fat dad because he is even whether whether or not they had kids, which they did not, yeah. if I recall correctly. Uh-uh. Um, he was the prototype that all the others have been built yeah. on. So, you know, so they added kids to Jackie Gleason. Anyway. True. That's certainly that's certainly uh, Homer Simpson. Yeah. Four thousand yeah. years from now, when they're digging in the rubble of earth, they're going to unearth a DVD with Jackie Gleason on the cover and be like, this, this is, <laughs> yeah, this is the American, this is where it all started. Ideal. You know who I would put that he's not a main character by any means, but I think the person who close is closest to that image for me is uh, Jerry Gergich slash Terry slash Gary slash Larry huh. from, from what parks and rec. Um, he's oh. not a, he's not a lead on the show. He's a recurring, but uh, he, to, as far as like the way his personality is incorporated into the show and like how he's represented, like I, I, that to me is the mo- is the closest to that image of like the fertility goddess. I, I don't know the character. I mean, he I, I he's so me, the a, punching bag of the show. Yeah, everybody hates him. But he sure, but he but his family does. I mean, his I know, family I know loves him. That's true. And he's very much the but that's giver. To me, that's a He's, it's a tiny detail of his role in the show is that he's liked by the family. Sure. Up I guess I'm talking more twice, about the yeah. character himself and not so much the broader show. Okay. 
That's fair. Because um, I would say the stereotypical uh, fat dad character is not a nurturer. Um, he would. wants to be, but he doesn't know how. Mm. Um, as a matter of fact, when I, when I was thinking about this, I was actually thinking in my mind, the stereotypical fat dad character from sitcoms is actually a force of conservatism on the show. Uh, mm. They are they are the ones who believe things are supposed to be a certain way and have to learn something new. But I, I wonder, um, is that fat dad or just any dad on a comedy or on a sitcom? Well, that's probably fair. Can anyone remember the sitcom that came out recently of because uh, the sitcoms that are coming to mind right now uh, is like Modern Family, Fresh Off mm-hmm. the Boat. The sitcom with the gay kid that came out lasted like two seasons. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of the name. Um, the I, I want to say it was they were Irish and it was like a like yes. the Murphys or something. Or, yeah, oh. something like that. Oh, yeah. but in all of those, the father is not a force of conservatism. The father is um, sort of a living, vital character that wants to make things better for everybody, but still doesn't know how. Right. Yeah. Uh, they're not fighting to keep things the same. Um, in most of those, it's actually the mom is the force of conservatism, hmm. uh, trying to hmm. keep things. And to me, one of the reasons for this, I think it's a physical manifestation of that conservatism in the writer's minds by trying to make them something, a symbol of stasis, something that doesn't move is unmoving. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, so when you start taking that into consideration, I think it's interesting to see how that it's the nurturing conservatism that needs to learn and grow. Well, and I wonder if it's if more than that, Don. It's, you know, it's not just immovable. It's slow and behind, which is a, yes. definitely yes. a fat stereotype. So mm-hmm. I haven't seen much of this show, shock and surprise, but what do you guys think about Phil from Fresh Prince? Does he, oh. where does he, because my impression of him is that he is fairly nurturing, but I could not, I haven't seen enough of the show to say for sure. I would say he's, I mean, he's nurturing, but he definitely is the, you know, he's a judge. He's conservative. He is the I think he sees himself as the the rule of the house, but he is always willing to kowtow to the mom. And he's and he's trying to keep, he's the anchor to keep the zaniness in check because yes. the whole show is about all the kids and everybody else is being zany. Mm-hmm. But he's also a representation of what things are supposed to quote in air quotes, the way things are supposed to be. Yes. Uh, his the Fresh Prince's mom sends him there for normalcy, for stasis, for for safety. And so in a lot of a lot of the show, his role is supposed to be uh, presenting the way things are supposed to go, the way mm-hmm. things are supposed to be. He is the past, the fresh pinch is the future. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, but I also think, again, I, I'm not sh- I think any any older, younger pairing might demonstrate that. Yeah, I was yeah. going more for somebody who is nurturing and caring versus uh, disconnected and abusive. Yeah, I still think all of the, even Archie Bunker. Right. Let's go back to all in the family, even though he is a curmudgeonly awful human being. Right. When he's confronted with the humanity of one of the objects of his criticism or or disgust, often backslides towards liberalism and towards um, seeing them as a human being and growth. So while it it is a symbol, it is a symbol of conservatism, a symbol of unchanging uh, tradition, but it wants to nurture. It wants to be better than what it mm-hmm. is. That's part of the trope. Um, I think in, in that it's, uh, you know, Jackie Gleason in the honeymooners is Fred Flintstone is Homer Simpson um, is King of Queens uh, is the, the life according to Jim, whatever that. Oh the yeah. Jim yeah. Belushi one was. 
you have that static unchanged. You could take any of those characters, drop them in one of the other sitcoms mentioned, and they'd <laughs> fit in just fine. Um, uh, I think you start seeing the change with Cam. Uh, oh, Cam yeah. is a character that is actually very different. This he is, is from uh, you should Modern show, Family. Modern from family. Modern Family. <clears throat> Cam in Modern Family is actually intelligent, right? Um, he is an unabashed nurturer that believes in his ability to nurture, not only in a feminine way, but a masculine way, right? In that he is both sort of the stay-at-home nurturing warrior and a, and a freaking football coach, you know, <laughs> a leader of young men training them to be men in society. That is not something that Fred Flintstone could do or Homer Simpson could do or, you know, any of these other characters. I wonder if that's because once you break the dad out of straight white male land, mm -hmm. a lot of bets are off, which would also explain uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's dad, where it's I think it's a little bit different. I think what you said about him is true, Don, but I, I don't when I think of Phil in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I do not think Jackie Gleason. I do not think King of Queens. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. He's also brings a higher level of sophistication because unlike yeah. the blue collar fathers, he is a white collar, extremely <clears throat> wealthy person as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that gives him a slightly different in and presentation than some of these other characters, mm -hmm. you know, oh, that's which is worth bringing up too. fat dad tends to be blue collar. Mm -hmm. I just have to plug the dinosaurs once again. <laughs> yeah. Do Earl it. Sinclair is a tree pusher for the We Say So Corporation. <laughs> um i would say i mean the dinosaurs is basically the simpsons if they were dinosaurs no 100 percent. <laughs> you know um it, i'd actually think of him more in the same breath as a family matters father um, oh yeah i wonder how this bears on us and our listeners and what i'm thinking of it happens to me a lot is daddy being called daddy the daddy worship maybe even the dad bod, if you get in the Chub Chaser community. I'm wondering how you all feel about it, or if you have been called daddy and how it sits with you. So the first few times it happened to me, it wigged me the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> same here, same here. Yeah, I was not comfortable with the first few times, but um, I would say over the past two years, uh, I've pivoted in that a lot of the stereotypes tied up with the daddy type I like for me are desirable stereotypes that I would like to bring out of myself, a nurturer, a leader, uh, someone who protects someone who is not cruel, but can be strong. Mm -hmm. You know, like these are stereotypes that I like and I don't mind trying to bring a little bit more of that into me by embodiment, embodying that label a little bit. Yeah. I, I would know? say that I have a very similar journey that you like the first couple of times. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Because nothing is less hot to me in a sex scene than thinking of my father. So, <laughs> if was, I can be slightly graphic, <laughs> just a little bit more graphic than I'm comfortable being. Uh, yeah. The first time I looked down at someone who was doing something lovely to me down below, he looked up to me and locked eyes and said, oh, you like that, daddy? Nope. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> nope. Out. I feel like you Out. can't surprise somebody with that in the moment. It has to have kind of <laughs> popped up yep. once or twice beforehand. Yeah, but like, but, get but, me ready for that because like that's not a that's not a moment <laughs> I want to have in the bedroom. No, but as yeah. Don said, I think when you understand where they're coming from, if it's if it's if they're coming from a place of they see you as nurturing and mm -hmm. and uh, paternal and wonderful then yeah i mean that's that's kind of hard to remonstrate against i guess the other context that i get it in is 
sometimes people, if I'm chatting online with someone, they will throw it in like at the beginning and end of every sentence. I'm like, okay, stop that now. <laughs> <laughs> there is, yeah, I think w with stuff like that, you always are going to want to look at what's what feels authentic. Like you don't mm -hmm. want to, I, I would think that you wouldn't want to be, you wouldn't want to feel forced into playing a part that, that doesn't feel like you. Exactly. When it gets rolled over you like with a, with a paint roller as a role to play that, that can become. A That's a really I mean, good way of putting it. Yeah. Like I, you can call me daddy as long as you're talking, you're treating me like Don. I've yeah, yeah. been called daddy before, <laughs> which is just so I, I was called daddy when I was like 19 years old by someone <laughs> older than me. And it was just the most like, I am like paint roller, like on my face, like, what are you like? I, what is happening? <laughs> I mean, well, for the few people who don't know what Trevor looks like, I often describe him as a cross between a teddy bear and a cherub. Yeah. So I, daddy does not exactly spring to mind. Well, and no. it's even let's talk about your personality, too. Like, that's oh, yeah. so not your thing. It's just not your oh, uh, thing. Come on, son. boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so not my thing. Um. When also I have like a very like mm, I'm holding out my hand for those of you listening, not watching um, <laughs> with the whole daddy thing, because as someone who like definitely has had daddy issues throughout his life, I feel like that's not where I go with those issues. Like yeah, I know exactly. there are some people who it's like that is a fulfillment of something that they are lacking. And to me, it's like because it's like this is. I associate that with like, so, oh, this is a weird, complicated relationship that is not fulfilling. I do not <laughs> want to recreate that with someone. Do you think, so that's an interesting question. Do you think that people use that word in like in that context because they are relating it back to fatherhood? Because that's not the impression I, I get. I think, I think some people. I think, for example, yeah. something that happened to me. Um, Something I talk about when you're when in personal ads is you got to know what you're selling. Like even if you don't see yourself this way, this is how other people are seeing you. You know, so I know that a lot of guys like the paternal and nurturing aspect of me. And I was with a guy, and he, we were just being really tender and intimate together, and he just started crying because, I mean, I, I hate to put it such a fine point out, but be, kind of because I was representing the dad that he always i mean not the father but that energy that paternal nurturing energy mm -hmm. that he always wanted to yeah. be close to and never could be and he just broke down and apologizing all over himself because he felt so embarrassed about crying but that was kind of moving for me and the, and to be that for someone even when i don't see myself that way necessarily that was really that was really kind of amazing so it wasn't creepy because i didn't feel like I was his dad, but I, I definitely understand what he was responding to and the nurturing and the kindness that he was searching for. So I don't think they're trying to recreate the father relationship, but I think in many cases they're trying to find that relationship or fulfill that. Yeah, that's an interesting point, because I do wonder um, if being fat and gay can set up additional roadblocks to father son relationships for some people. Because I know when I was growing up, like uh I think my parents knew I was gay when I was like six months old. I think they knew. I think they knew. Was that I'm Rainbow imagining Don's like roller skating around singing Xanadu. <laughs> You're not too far off. I, 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 <laughs> I remember playing Xanadu with the neighbor girl when I was oh, a kid. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Well, we also played Shazam and Isis. So my parents didn't know which way to jump. And which one were you? I was Shazam. Thank you very much. <laughs> I would look terrible in that little white mini skirt. That's all I'm saying. Um, but like I spoke to my father about this at one point and the gay thing actually for my dad wasn't much of an issue. Like I, I can't remember if I mentioned it on here before, but when I came out to my father, he tried to hook me up with his electrician. Aww. Like that's my coming out story. Right. <laughs> Um, and you were 12. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just wanted a new audio system in the living room. But um, he the fat thing was not something he was great with. Like yeah. that was not something he saw in himself. So like me having that was something that I think offended his self-image. Mm. Um, so I wonder if there is sort of a different set of daddy issues that come along with being a fat gay man. I don't know. Interesting. Trevor. <laughs> Uh, I mean, well, speaking on that, so like I said, mentioned earlier, my dad was a fat dad. So I think that was something where it's like, I think it was weird because I think he was dealing with his own body issues, but my dad never really made me feel bad about my body. Okay. There was, I remember, uh, I think the only real memory I have, like any kind of thing with that was being at like the Boy Scout Emporium store. <laughs> Um, when I was in Boy Scouts for a year, which like that was, uh, terrible. Um, but having to get special like fat pants for the, because, you know, you, it's like the, the uniform store and also like whatever some weird Boy Scout supplies, Mm -hmm. um, the neckerchiefs. Yes. I remember that. I wore Um, the actual Boy Scout uniform, but I looked like a sausage scout. Yes. The, but like not the issue of trying to find fat Boy Scout pants but it not being made into an issue. Hmm. Right. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. I do wonder though, because I think the way we see ourselves portrayed in media is, and this is no surprise to anyone, I think is formative, right? Mm -hmm. We find people we want to be and pattern ourselves after them or see who you're going to be based on what you see. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I think there being so few examples of fat characters that you want to aspire to the fat dad trope, Right. Because it's not a malicious trope. He's not the bully trope. He's not the uh, the evil boss, fat, the fat boss trope. How many other fat characters are there that have aspirational aspects to them? The Mm. fat dad is one of the very few. You know, I I can't help wondering if that probably has affected some of the ways that I've developed my own personality is trying to pull in some of the better aspects from those tropes that I've been presented with my entire life. Mm. Your habit of pushing over trees. (laughs) That's only happened twice. (laughs) (laughs) My back was itchy, (laughs) you know, but that said, it's, I think it's point. It's worth pointing out that like the fat dad trope is not a wonderful one. The fact that it's a trope in and of itself is not a wonderful thing, Mm. but it is one of the few like kind representations. It's one of the few positive portrayals that you can find of fat guys on TV. So I think it's one that I can appreciate more than some of the other ones that have been forced down my throat over the years. Mm, that's fair. Any other thoughts on the fat, fat dads guys? No, I think we're just ready uh, for your bit. Your little daddy bit. Okay. Well, I have brought since in celebration of father's day, I've brought along an incredibly inappropriate bit. Wonderful. Uh, I hope that <laughs> all of you will enjoy. Perfect. Uh, I'm calling this bit Daddy or Oh Daddy. 
<laughs> oh, daddy. <laughs> uh, I have taken a couple uh, book titles and descriptions from books from Amazon. And <laughs> you'll have to tell me if this is a book that is a uh, an educational book about parenting and mentoring <laughs> or if this is porn. Oh, All right. Awesome. Okay. Straight up porn. Be a good one. All right. Uh, so I've got five of them for you. Right. Daddy or oh daddy. The book title is and spoil the child. <laughs> now I've taken I've taken the descriptions. Some of them I've just sort of cut off or, you know, ellipsed out a couple words here and there. But these are actual descriptions from the site on each of these these books. <laughs> Enter the hallowed halls of Mount Holly's Boys Prep School, where young men are trained for athletic scholarships at prestigious universities Corn. and <laughs> hidden away for unseemly histories. Oh, daddy. Now, I will be trying to read these with as much salacious content as possible. <laughs> uh, so, and spoil the child. We have oh, two daddy. for porn so far. I, I can't see how that isn't porn. Oh, oh daddy. Yeah. All right. You are all correct. That one is for yes. I wanted to lead off with something easy. All right. Uh, the second one made for me from a child's first uttered data to his first unsteady steps. Nothing can adequately convey the joy of watching. But dot, dot, dot. <laughs> uh, I think daddy. that's daddy. parenting. Daddy. That's parenting. Yeah. yeah you are correct. Uh, the finish of that sentence is the birth and growth of a new child. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe the, the what, how do you finish that sentence to make it porn instead? The birth and growth of a college freshman <laughs> <laughs> on the lacrosse team. <laughs> All right. The next one. Book three. Dude to dad. <laughs> Dude, relax. You're going to be fine. Well, it wouldn't hurt to get a few pointers, a roadmap of what lies ahead. And that's what this book is for. <laughs> uh, uh, as much daddy. as I would like it, to, as much as I would like to be, it would like it to be Oh Daddy because that would be a great book. Uh, I think it's a dad. I say, yeah, same. I agree, Daddy. You are correct. It is that is a daddy book. Uh, the full title is Dude to Dad: The Diaper Guide to Pregnancy. Oh, uh, but that is I I that I took that verbatim from the description. Yeah, I think that needs to be rewritten for the other way. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get a little more vague here on some of these. Daddy and son. Mm. Uh, a son's a son is reluctant to camp with his soldier stepdad. Oh, oh, da oh, daddy. oh daddy. Oh, daddy. <laughs> you are correct. Oh, daddy. <laughs> that one, I trimmed that one down as much as I could, but no, no, it just leaks out everywhere, no matter what. It's, yeah. All right. Maybe we should go. And our final book, our final book. So far, you guys are four for four. Mm. Let's see if we can bat 100 for this one. Manhood for amateurs. <laughs> the pleasure and regrets of a husband, father, and son. Hmm. I'm going to say that's daddy. actually intriguing. I'm going to say daddy. Yeah, I think that's parenting or growth and development. Yeah. Although, oh, damn it. Yes, you're all correct. <laughs> five for five. It's amazing how much some of these. Uh, the, there's. <laughs> The, the porn is definitely leaning into that vibe. The, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how many uh, different yeah, but, how many different uh, daddy porn books did you have to go through to find the ones that would work? 
They're actually sort of, uh, there are a lot of them. <laughs> but when you start taking into account the actual descriptions, the descriptions make it impossible to pass it off as, like, the I titles think... were fine, but the descriptions were like, Daddy bangs his little boy up against the window. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I can't repackage that. There is no way to do this. <laughs> so, uh, do you have any book titles you'd like to share with us of Daddy or Oh Daddy? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> or are you oh. living it in real life? Oh dear. <laughs> um. So we're uh, we're almost done. I have a. I guess it's a tip. I don't know what it is. It's a tip. It's a plug. It's a out with it. A thing. If you're listening on lunch day, it's Wednesday the seventeenth. Um, on Thursday, the 18th, <laughs> Very uh, good. I will be taking part in uh, NAFA's webinar series, uh, mm. this month being Fat and Queer Intersections. You might want to say um, what NAFA is. NAFA, I mean, we've mentioned it before, but NAFA is the National Association for the Advancement of Fat Acceptance. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is going to be online. You can go to NAFA.org, N-A-A-F-A.org. Work. <laughs> um, <laughs> it'll be it's going to be online um you can get more information there it's going to be at 8 p.m eastern 7 p.m central time 6 p.m mountain time i don't know who lives in the mountains. i don't know if we have any listeners in the mountains probably um, or <laughs> oh, 5 yeah. p.m oh, yeah. pacific time isn't vegas on um, mountain time oh no they're not who oh, wait <laughs> if you're on mountain no. time tell us no. yeah <laughs> uh, no, i think it's like soon. colorado and uh, it's going to be me with uh, Yaro Helporn and Andy Duran. It's going to be fun. Kind of like a, <laughs> a broadcast Zoom session kind of thing? Yes. Uh, although I don't really know what their software is, so I didn't say Zoom because it's probably Zoom or something. Cool. Or something. Nice. And while we're plugging our own side projects, <gasps> uh, my old podcast, Geeks On, Ooh. has gotten together again. Oh, that's right. Oh, is um, it, you mentioned that. Is it a recurring thing now? It will be a recurring thing in the near future. We're recording wow. another episode tomorrow. So we're not necessarily going to be weekly or even bi-monthly, but we are uh, going to be putting out fresh content. But our latest video, now we are doing video. What? Is <gasps> the <up>. future. <laughs> I know. Uh, but we're up on YouTube. Do a search for Geeks On. Um, and one of us is also putting up amazing videos on how to create uh, geeky things. So mm-hmm. he created a massive set of wings for a friend of his to cosplay with. He just finished putting together a digital pinball machine that has uh, literally thousands of pinball machines from the 1950s to present in there that you can load up and play. And it looks just like you're playing on a regular pinball machine. And he has a video up on how you can make your own. So cool. cool. Well, as long as we're plugging aside projects, <laughs> um, I also participated in a I guest participated in a podcast that a friend of mine Kyle Brühl started called I know film and you don't which is sort of a a tongue-in-cheek title Um, but this first season was about cult films so I did a few of those including um, Evil Dead 2 and uh, it was a lot of fun and that should be launching this month I believe I'll probably share some of it on social if you if you're interested Follow me on social media and you'll see more. Yay. Excellent. Yay. And Yay. we'll post about all of these things on our website. Which is? Uh, okay, hold on. Play me in. It, there's no play in. There's no intro. It just goes. Okay, it's just starting. It's starting. <laughs> it's already going. Um, <laughs> we're on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Our website is www.bigfatgaypod.com. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Send us an email. Give us a like on Facebook. Do all uh, the things. Maybe do all the things. Give your dad um, a high five 
for us. Or if you're a My Brother, My Brother and Me listener, a kiss on the lips. <laughs> Sorry. I the people who know that show will laugh hysterically. <laughs> and the rest of us will wonder. Yes. We'll just sit here. We're going to make Michael sit here with that for a moment. For those of us who don't listen. Um, but yeah, maybe you're listening in the car with your dad and he's uh, has a whole lot of feelings now. And he's ready to kiss you on the lips. So watch out. Watch out. <laughs>